0: Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. This podcast for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. With that, hello and welcome to the Rangely Capital Podcast. I'm Andrew Walker, Portfolio Manager at Rangely, and with me as always my co-host and Rangely's founder, Chris Demuth. Uh, today we're going to talk about the Fed's lacquer leaks, uh, but wait, there's more. We're also talking about late-night commercial peddler Ronco Brand's potential IPO. So, Chris, let's start with the Fed leaker. Uh, Jeff Lacker, he was the president of the Richmond Fed. He resigned yesterday after admitting he was partly responsible for a 2012 leak. Uh, the Wall Street Journal is calling the the re- resignation a surprise, a surprise move, saying it's striking a blow to the Fed's credibility. And uh, kind of just to give some background and simplify the story a little bit. In September 2012, the Fed announced that it would buy mortgage-backed securities to help spur the economy. Uh, Then in early October, Medley Global Advisors put out a note saying that the Fed was likely to begin buying $45 billion in treasuries per month, uh, starting in December. In December, the Fed did exactly that. And uh, it turns out that Lacker had spoken to the Medley analyst who put that note out, spoke to him a day or two two before the note went out, so uh, clearly they cut... He kind of guided them in some way, shape, or form to getting to that very specific uh, proclamation— uh, so, Chris, you know, does this damage the Fed's credibility? Does this open the door? Some people are saying this opens the door for Republicans to shake up the Fed or change their mandate. Uh, what do you think of what's going on with the lacquer leaks?
1: The biggest impact on credibility is Medley Global's credibility has just <laughs> skyrocketed. Just amazing work uh, on behalf of the uh, person working on it from their side. Uh, the information they put out was correct. So I think that, you know, they still are uh, citizens in a republic with a First Amendment write, and uh, they use their freedom of speech to speak accurately, usefully, and on a timely basis for the people who read what they had to write. So I would start with saying uh, the net credibility here was probably positive, but on their side, uh, is there negative credibility for the Fed? Uh, I worry sometimes about rules and information really isolating key decision makers, preventing normal conversations, uh, and making leaders weird uh, at the same time where there is an obvious sensitive issue Uh, if you want to be careful just don't tell anybody anything and so this idea of um, and and I'm a big uh, 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 proponent of uh, an independent fed and respect their role Uh, it's a hugely important one so I don't think I have the same reflexive animus towards the fed that some people do but uh, looking at them uh, from the perspective of A critic that says they are this separate priesthood, it kind of exacerbates that to make personal decisions about the order of operations of who gets information when and that you kind of personally bestow it at the time and place of your choosing.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people are pointing at this and saying, like, this is the big scandal. Like, oh, these guys had something and they put out a note to their they're highly paid subscribers and you know some people were saying like they what's could cut subscription costs. Yeah. by the way they could <laughs> if, if
1: they wanted to make a cut into that but
0: uh, so Medley Global they are called Medley Global advisors and it, it seems that it's mainly uh, subscribed to by hedge funds but somebody some people were saying like what's the difference between this service and the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. like if the, the Fed has freely admitted they, they kind of guide the Wall Street Journal or the Financial Times to kind of where they're where they're thinking of steering the ship so what what's the difference between guiding these guys or the Wall Street Journal is is a very interesting question. And I think if you're going to guide people at some point, you know, hopefully you don't have something as specific as, hey, the number is going to be 45 billion. But if you're going to guide people, this is what's going to happen. Your decisions are going to be leaked. And this is kind of the downside of it.
1: The average Wall Street Journal subscriber, uh, first of all, it costs money to subscribe, is not the average American, uh, is uh, wealthier and more educated, uh, the global elite, uh, largely. Uh, So why is that? You know, where do you draw line why is the line uh one or the other um, uh, it's a funny here how slow the various investigations went that this was just about to creep up this year to the statute of limitations which is why it came mm-hmm. up uh it came up now um and uh so it's um you know geez does it really uh put the Fed in a bind? Uh, probably not. Also, what I believe was actually done was quite subtle. I believe that there was a report, again, accurate, useful, timely report, uh, and it simply wasn't categorically, consistently given a no comment in a way. Uh, and I can imagine being in a circumstance where you are looking uh, for information and you are kind of getting a wrong track or right track sense from a knowledgeable principle. Um, and uh, the questioner was effective at getting an answer uh, and uh, perhaps the official could have been more categorical and careful but if the questioner is doing a good job it's difficult
0: yeah and, and look uh, related to the the earlier commentary it is interesting because this was a new source right mm-hmm. this was a new source and the new source kind of got a good read on the person and reported on it there's no insider trading issues right a, a new a journalist calling someone getting into that's a scoop but it is funny like if it had been a head fund analyst or something who had called him, kind of used his body language to guide in the same way, it could have been an, an actual insider trading scandal. You know, as is, it's already not a good look. But if it was somebody who traded on their own money instead of somebody who's reporting to people who trade on their own money, yeah. it, it's interesting the difference between uh, just kind of the fine line of criminality there.
1: It'll be interesting to see what uh, this administration does with the Fed. You know, you have uh, you have an open uh, seat. You're going to have other people coming. Um, I would say that the analogy I would draw to the best that Trump and the administration could do would be somebody like Kevin Warsh, who I believe is just kind of MVP of the Fed from a Republican perspective facing the Fed. But the catch-22 for the president, and hopefully he doesn't listen to this and uh, pay too close attention, he would be quite like Neil Gorsuch, the very best pick. And I think Neil Gorsuch was just an A-level pick is actually going to be hugely problematic for the president down the line because they're going to be that independent. They're not going to be... Representatives of this administration uh, if and when they get into office. Well, this
0: podcast is not airing on Fox News, so I'm pretty sure we can feel safe that Donald Trump is not listening to this podcast. So uh, why don't we turn to Ronco Brands. Sure. Uh, so Ronco Brands, they're best known for selling the Vegematic and the Pocket Fisherman through late night commercials. Mm-hmm. Everybody's seen them. Uh, it's the po- company that popularized the Oh, Matic, ending for gadgets. You've probably seen their set it and forget it rotisserie commercial Mm -hmm. tagline. So late night commercial selling stuff. They're looking to go public. Uh, They want to raise $30 million uh, valuing the business at $110 million. And they're putting out some interesting things to do. So they're going through a a loophole that allows them to offer to smaller investors directly. And they're saying, hey, if you buy $1,000 worth of shares... We're going to give you a 20% discount code off an item in our store. And if you buy $5,000 worth of shares, they will toss in a free rotisserie oven. So that it is an expensive rotisserie oven, but you get $5,000 worth of shares attached to it. Uh, and there's a quote, we have millions of satifi- satisfied customers. We're just asking them to join us with another vote of confidence in the future of Ronco Brands. So uh, Chris, what do you think of the offering? Do you have confidence in the future of Ronco Brands?
1: I don't. I have no confidence in the future of Ronco Brands. Um, And uh, you will find at the end of the disclosure that I am not long and not going to be participating. Uh, But, uh, yeah, no, they don't really make money. They uh, don't seem to be on particularly good footing. I think their accountants have had some concerns. uh, And uh, it's probably not an overly good sign that they need to further entice uh, them with uh, a a free uh, product to go with it. Although I did have an issue. I was thinking about this. If we did choose, and I I, I, don't want to overly prejudice you, but if one of us chose to buy this for the fund, would we have to send out the oven to LPs, or could we keep it, or would we have to just promise to cook for them if they visited? Uh, Those are interesting questions. We're probably going to have to talk to our lawyers about that, but we
0: will not be participating in this in any way, shape, or form. Uh, But, you know, I I thought there were some interesting things. Look, when you hear people talking about... uh, the need to regulate Wall Street and the need to regulate IPs. I think a lot of times the pushback is like, you know, this is sophisticated buyers doing sophisticated work, you know, like buyer beware, do your own work. And this is this is the example of why regulation is needed. Like these guys are going out and they're raising money at a crazy valuation for them. Uh, they, they're taking advantage of every loophole in the system. And it seems like people are probably going to get burnt and lose a lot of money. I mean, it, you know, the disclaimer where we haven't really done anything on this, but it, uh, we can talk through the stats. It does not seem like like this is a setup
1: for success. I would say that the uh, free market is going to be faster and more ruthless with these guys than any practical... Uh, regulator could be in uh, going after them. I doubt that they raise a lot of money, um, and I doubt that they raise a lot of money from people who wouldn't have lost that money anyways in one shape or form with some kind of scheme like this. You
0: think they're not? So I think this is a company that's designed to sell, and I just wouldn't be surprised if they managed to one kind of one person at a time sell and get people hey 20 percent off put in because the minimum is 122 dollars you know it's not very high it's a company's design sell i would not be surprised if they if they manage to raise the money
1: it's possible at a very small scale there are people who enjoy the investing uh Prospect not how you or I might think of investing, but they just enjoy being somehow associated with a fellow on TV, and they're kind of part of it in the same way that people are sports fans and sort of high five and cheer for themselves when some group of professionals win or win a game. Uh, and so they're just they're they're trying to associate themselves, and if that has some entertainment value that's worth a hundred dollars, then perhaps they should be able to do that. And maybe it works out well. I think, I think the value of the shares is probably zero. Yeah. So uh, and I'd be pretty comfortable with that. I, I doubt that yeah. there's going to be... I doubt there's going to be an easy borrow on this, though.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting, you know, the... Uh, we talked in our Snapchat pod about how Snapchat is issuing shares that have no votes. In this mm-hmm. case, you know the CEO he is he's going to maintain 97% voting control by keeping super voting shares. So he's effectively selling the public shares that have no voting rights. You know he's selling the public shares at a valuation that it would imply it's a Snapchat-like business. I think the the valuation is going to be around 110 million, and uh, the company's doing less than 10 million in annual sales, and they're mm-hmm. losing money. And you know you look at this thing and. The interest on their debt is over is twenty percent in some cases. Uh, They're losing money. They went bankrupt. I believe they're Chapter Twenty Two, which means they're they've gone Chapter Eleven twice. They went in two thousand seven, two thousand eleven. Like this is just something that is. Oh man, but it's all red flags. And it, it, it's kind of surprising that somebody that's pushing products on TV is going bankrupt this much because it seems like that should be a very like low fixed cost, very highly variable cost business that should kind of mint money with their brands and
1: stuff. Yeah, there have been problems with the with the TV uh, with the TV ads though. The um, uh, I mean, people aren't watching uh, the uh, infomercials the way uh, that they have historically. A lot of that migrates onto online, but less so at the low ends.
0: But you would think, like if it, if the viewing is migrated online, like you'll pay less for the infomercials because right. you you should be paying per viewer. You should have the same uh, churn. Like I, I'm just surprised that the, yeah. I doubt you're owning the manufacturing plants. Like I'm sure you're outsourcing the manufacturing. I'm just surprised that this business could go bankrupt that many times and lose that much money.
1: I've been thinking about the history of dividend gimmicks, uh, and I've owned I think. Three historically, although one was when I was a kid uh, or pretty young. Uh, And uh, it's generally not that impressive, right? Like if you can stand on your own merits, you're not giving away Chotsky's to entice investors. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I believe I've owned a stock that offered a physical wine dividend. Oh, that's nice. And that was nice. Again, I don't know what we would do uh, vis-a-vis the fund uh, for that one, but that was personal. A ski company that offered lift ticket dividends. Uh, And then the third and final and oddest one, perhaps, was a certificate of deposit that dividended out a rifle. A rifle, really? Yeah, yeah. So,
0: <laughs> what was yeah. the value of the rifle and how much did you have to have in the it, CD
1: it, to get the it rifle? It was, uh, if I recall, probably a $1,000 rifle and a $10,000 CD. That's and pretty, it, it a pretty 10% interest rate. It was a fine deal if it was something you wanted to buy. Uh, and, then you got your, and then you got your principal back. If
0: you did anything crazy with the rifle, was the bank liable for the <laughs> rifle charge? I didn't
1: try to find out. Oh, and then there was a fourth that, that didn't come together, but the company was trying to do a physical gold dividend that was a gold mining company that was going to just send you the gold that they uh, extracted from the (laughs) mine. That seems very inefficient just because like you think Gold Bar, you know, they need to
0: actually send that thing. The shipping cost, it's probably going to arrive all beat up. Oh, that sounds awful. You know, just fun fact here. um, Ashley Tisdale from High School Musical is actually the cousin of of uh the the founder of Ronco, Ronald, I can't remember his last name, but Ronco Ronald is, is the guy's name. Ashley Tisdales' his cousin. So the family just has like a, a lot of claims to fame there. Very nice. Yeah, cool. So, hey, that's all the time we have for today. Just before we hit our disclosures, a quick reminder. If you like this podcast, please be sure to follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audio Boom. Uh, I think Chris and I have had a pretty crazy sk- travel schedule this week, so we're probably not going to talk to you guys until next week. But, uh, Chris, any disclosures? I have nothing to add. You know, I think Ronco offers – it was like a beef jerky maker. I, I'm Really? Kind, I'm kind of tempted to go <laughs> along the beef jerky maker, if I have to say so. But no disclosures here. We'll talk to you guys next week.